and Happy New Year. Did you also know that today is the eighth day of Christmas? And uh, my true love gave to me, anybody remember? Maids of Milken, all right, we got one. According to the uh, PNC Financial Group, if you did give, uh, your true love did give you all those things this year, it would cost them $45,523.27. Things have gone up even from last year. Uh, the 12 days of Christmas, though, very, very old Christian tradition, um, marking the 12 days from Christmas Day to January 6th which is called Epiphany in the Western Church, the celebration of the coming of the Magi, although if we know our Bibles, we know that they didn't get to the house until Jesus was two, um, so I always spread them out from the manger scene a little bit because they're still on the route. Um, but uh, yeah, where Jesus, interesting, uh, was first revealed to be the Savior and King also of the Gentiles. Right? When he was two. So, since it's still within the 12 days of Christmas, we're going to celebrate some more Christmas. Is that okay this morning? Yeah. Last week, we looked at our incredible, incredible gift from God on Christmas, the very first Christmas gift, who is Jesus Christ. Right? The gift from God to us. And we said that first and foremost, he was given to us as Savior, as Savior, to rescue us from our hopeless condition, right? Being separated from God, spiritually dead, destined for judgment and eternal punishment because of our sin, right? Well-deserved, um, but that's where we were headed. No way out, as far as we were concerned, couldn't be good enough to undo it. So we're hopeless, but God. We talked about those two words before, but God. Love that. Jesus, in his great love, took not only our sin, but the full penalty for it on the cross, so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. But we also saw as overwhelmingly, I mean, if that's all he ever did, it still would deserve, you know, for us to be on our faces before him for eternity and gratitude, right? If that's all he did. But we saw, began to see last week, that with Jesus, as, as wonderful as that gift is, comes so much more. We looked at the love of God, uh, the, the, the affection of of God for you and me as his kids. We, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about God loves the world and everything else, but the affection of God. A lot of us didn't have maybe affectionate fathers all the time. You know, some of our dads, you know, in that generation didn't like affect, uh, uh, emotions and stuff like that for some of us. So to, to understand the affection of God might take a little doing in our hearts and minds. But know this, that he is affectionate toward you. Not just loves you because he's God and he's love, but he has affection for you as his child. But more than that um, is the steadfast commitment of that love that he has for us. He says, I will never 
forsake you. You I will never leave you in a situation and not help you. Right? Skip testified that this morning. We go through trials. We go through tribulations. But God is there for us to help us. We looked at his presence in our lives, right? He also will never leave us. He lives inside of those who are born again, right? Whether we particularly feel him or not, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. So, yeah, there's days I don't feel it. You know, God feels miles away, but he is there, his presence as close as our very breath. And we looked, looked at last week at the gift of perfect righteousness. Wow. Declared righteous before God, not depending on how good we keep the rules every day, but based on what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross. By faith in Him, we are declared perfectly righteous. Wow. So, this morning, being still the eighth day of Christmas, I thought it would be a good idea uh, to open a few more gifts uh, that we have when we receive Jesus as Savior. And I have a gift bag right here with a picture of the church on it, because this is all gifts to the church. So let's see what we can still open up today. Hmm. Romans 8. 1 and 2 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Let's call this the gift of no condemnation. How, how many, since, since you came to know the Lord, have sinned? Any, anybody? Uh, maybe a few of us, right? What happens when we sin? How do you feel when you know that you've blown it and you kind of come before God and, you, you know? If you're feeling condemnation, it's not God. Can I say that again? If you're feeling condemnation, you blew it. What kind of Christian do you think you are? Man, can you get over that? Would you just do that? That's not God. Because the scripture says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of sin and death is simple. You sin, you die. Right? Isn't that what God uh, told Adam all the way back in the Garden of Eden? The day that you eat of that tree, the day that you sin, you will die. Spiritual death. Separation from God. And as a byproduct of that, Physical death, right? Human bodies began to age and die from that point on. They, they wouldn't do that before because sin came in and corrupted everything. So, physical death, only a byproduct, but spiritual death, the wages of sin is death, right? Separation from God. Uh, Romans 6 tells us the wages of sin is death. So, sin results in condemnation. And condemnation results in death. But in Christ Jesus, what happened to all of our sin? All of it, right? It was laid upon him and paid for at the cross. Our just condemnation fell upon him. All of it. And so for us, 
There is no condemnation. We talked about this in depth a couple of weeks ago. God's posture toward us always is one of love, one of open arms. Even when we sin, even when we blow it, his posture toward us is not to condemn, is not to shame, is not to guilt us, but is to say, hey, this, you know, this is not the way to go. I love you. I don't want you to go this way. Here's how we're going to help you in the future, right? That grace to help in time of need that we talked about. The wisdom of God. God showing us in our hearts what we're trying, what kind of need we're trying to meet by doing this over here or what triggered us to, to, to get so mad and angry and talk to us about those things so that we don't repeat those sins, right? So God's posture is one of love, it's one of understanding, it's one of open arms to help us to be transformed by his love, not to wallow in guilt and shame and keep God at arm's length until we do enough good things. How many have played that game before? Right? I got to do enough good things now so I feel better about myself and now I can come to God and no. One thing, I love this. Back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned, what did God say? Adam, where are you? Did God not know where Adam was? God knows everything, right? But God was saying, Adam, you know, I've, I've come to walk with you here in the cool of the day. Where are you? I'm hiding. Why? Because I was afraid. Why? Because I sinned, right? Isn't that what we do? We hide from God. God's saying, where are you? I want you with me. Because it's in his presence and in his love that we're transformed. Not away from him trying to do it on our own. So, God's love toward us. No condemnation. Remember that. The next time that you blow it, the next time you think about God, and oh, you know, who wants to go to the principal's office? Right? That's not, that's not the program here. We're not going to the principal's office or to get a whooping. You know, God's not sending us to the, to the tree to get a switch. No, he's there with open arms and understanding and help for us. Transformation by his love. No condemnation. Because the law of the Spirit of Christ. See, the, the law of sin and death, right? We, we talked about that. But the law of the Spirit of life supersedes the law of sin and death, the Bible says. And that law says whoever receives Christ receives life, receives into them the Holy Spirit of God, receives that tangible connection to him, his presence, his love, his favor, his blessing, life. Right Before that, we didn't have that. We were separated from him. Now we have him living in us. We have life. That sets us free from the law of sin and death. Aren't you glad? Romans 5.2 goes on to say that through him, Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only do we have no condemnation, but this other gift we have, this place of his favor and blessing 
is a standing. Do you realize that? A standing. It's, it's a place that is bestowed upon us by God. It's not something that we're in his favor one day, out of his favor the next day because we blew it. Back in, back out, back in, back out. How many have ever felt like a ping pong ball spiritually, right? That's not the way it goes. We stand, the scripture says, in this place of God's favor and blessing by faith in Jesus Christ. Not because we're perfect. Because of what he accomplished in his death and resurrection for us. It's a standing we have before God. You know, the more that we see these things, the more awesome we we understand what Jesus did for us and the more beautiful and just incredible he becomes. Amen? So, we have this standing in him. We can know that on judgment day, Jesus is going to say, Father, that person right there stands forgiven by my blood. They are declared righteous by their faith in me. They stand as an heir of your glorious kingdom. That's the sure and certain hope that you and I have by faith in Jesus Christ. Not only no condemnation, but a standing in his place, in the place of God's favor and blessing. So, oh wait a minute, there's something else in here. Hmm. What else we got here? Romans 8:34 says this: Who is to condemn? Right? Who is to condemn? You know who the condemner is, right? But Revelation calls him the accuser of the brethren. That's Satan, right? But who can condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died, and more than that, was raised again, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Did you know, as another gift, that Jesus Christ right now is interceding for you before Almighty God? Who would you rather have praying for you than Jesus, right? The one who is at the right hand of God. The one who has never had a prayer refused. The one who is just totally in tune with God's will and prays that will into being. Jesus is interceding before the Father on our behalf day by day by day. Can't think of anybody else to have in our corner better than him, right? So, no condemnation, right? Um, Oh, here's something else that we have. The scripture says, by faith we have access uh, into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Another gift that we have. Because we have no condemnation, because we stand in this place of grace, because we have um, Jesus declaring us in that standing righteous before God, we have the hope of the glory of God. We can know, not just guess, not just think so, not I hope I lived a good enough life. No, we can know that we have in that place of standing, that place in eternity 
in glory with God. Settled. Done. Standing. Amen? I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people. I say, you know, ask them the standard question. If you were to die tonight, you know, where, where would you go and why? And I, so many people say, well, I hope I'd go to heaven. I've tried to be a good person. Right? They're not sure. They, they don't understand. They have not understood from the scripture their standing in Christ. That faith in him, not, not being a good person, faith in him and what he accomplished through his death and resurrection secures that place for you and I. The hope of glory with him. So life, the hope of glory, Jesus praying for us. What else do we have? No condemnation. Here's another one. Oh boy, all kinds of good things we have here. Colossians chapter 1, beginning of verse 13, tells us he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. A couple things in here. First of all, what does it mean that we have been delivered from the domain of darkness? Let me see if I can illustrate that for us. Uh, we, we talk a lot in the church about the freedoms that we have in this country. Church people seem to be you know, pretty patriotic. So Veterans Day, Memorial Day, we talk a lot about our freedoms in the United States. But it's not like that. Other places in the world, places where they have dictatorial regimes, right? North Korea, places like that. Uh, conditions are pretty bad for the majority of people, right? And one way that these leaders maintain their power is to control information, right? They, they, the press reports what they're told to report. We're kind of getting there. Um, the Internet is filtered to only... Uh, come up with sites that are state-approved, information on those sites that is state-approved. So people are really kept in the dark, aren't they? They don't have the full truth. They don't have the knowledge. And that darkness keeps them from believing, right, and living in a, or keeps them believing and living in a certain way, or at least believing that there's no way out. There's no way that they can change things, right? So, likewise, before Christ, we are in darkness, aren't we? We're in darkness about the deceitfulness of sin. We don't, we don't understand uh, how, how it's affecting our lives and keeping us down. We don't understand how much God loves us. We don't understand that he sent his son to, to die on the cross so that we could be reconciled with him, so that we could be partakers of all these gifts. We don't understand that. We're in the dark. But the scripture says he's transferred us from that domain of darkness, ruled by the God of this world, small g, and transferred us to a new kingdom. See, when Adam and Eve chose to listen to Satan in the garden, right? Chose then really to join his rebellion against God. They put, they, they, they were given the earth, management of the earth, right? But when they came under Satan, 
joined his rebellion, they sold out. And that's why he is, again, Jesus called him the God of this world, small g, the prince of the power of the air. He is ruling this world system temporarily. It's his domain. And you can see the evidence of that everywhere you look, right? But we've been delivered out of that. We've been transferred into a new kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son. A kingdom where Jesus Christ is Lord. A kingdom where his word rules. Where he reigns as a benevolent king who cares for his people, right? We come under his care. We come under his guidance. And not even as subjects, which would be great because he's such a great and benevolent king, just to be his subject would be awesome. But we're more than that. We are his beloved children. What a gift. What a gift. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. The light goes on. Right, We know the truth about God. Also, verse 14, it says, in whom we have redemption. Well, there's another gift. The gift of redemption. Where's Tom in the back? Tom has a special job around here. He uh, empties the, it's, oh, this wall, um, the bottles and cans that we collect for the youth group. Tom graciously takes those to what's called a redemption center, right? Well, what happens there? Well, we've got these bottles and cans that are used, right? They're useless. They're on their way to a landfill where they're just going to clutter up things and be no good to anybody. And what the redemption center does is to redeem them for a price, right? We get six cents a can, bottle, or whatever they are, and... uh, They are redeemed for that price. And from there, recycled and made into something useful once again. Right? 42,000 cans this year. Wow. Thank you for your generous donations. So in the same way, our lives in darkness... We are spiritually dead, separated from God before Christ. No spiritual good, no eternal good to anybody, right? Destined for, well, interestingly enough, one of the words that Jesus himself used for hell in, in, the, in the New Testament um, is the word Gehenna. Uh, Walt probably knows a little bit about Gehenna. Gehenna was a deep and narrow valley outside of Jerusalem where they threw all the trash, right? All the refuse from the city went there in that valley. And to keep the volume down, to keep the uh, uh, disease down and stuff like that, they burned fires there continually. Okay, So get that picture in your mind. So when Jesus used that word to talk about what the eternal destiny is of people who refuse to repent, refuse to come to God for his gracious gift of salvation, what they're going to face when he used that word, people understood. You know, here is a giant burning refuse pile that burns continually. That's a great picture of hell. Right. So, 
doesn't have to be that way, right? Because of what Jesus did for us, we have redemption. He paid the price. Little more than six cents. He paid the price with his blood for you and for me, right? Paid that price so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be made into new creations, and so that we could then be useful, that we in our lives can now share the love of God, the truth of God, God's gift of salvation with others and make an eternal difference in their lives. Redemption through Christ. One more gift I want to highlight this morning. One last one, although there's more. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. And uh, Skip, you may have even touched on this a little bit this morning. Paul says this. He says, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, in other words, a door to min- for ministry, he said, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. Pastor Ron, what are you talking about here? Well, here Paul is. He's thinking he's being led in a certain direction. Okay? There's a, there's a door open for ministry. Paul loved open doors to go places and, and share the gospel and, and start churches, etc. And he was, he was all set to go there. And because Titus wasn't there, who apparently was a big part of this plan, Paul didn't have that inner peace that, that, that God would give him to know he was in the right place at the right time to do what God was calling him to do. And he changed directions. And I say that to say this this morning, that the Christian life is not an exact science. Things don't always work out the way we think they ought to, the way that we expect. Even at times that we think that we are on the road that God has called us to, all of a sudden there's a roadblock. All of a sudden there's a change in what we thought was going to happen. We get confused. We get frustrated, right? We get depressed sometimes. Just, I can't figure this out. God, what are you doing? I thought I was, you know, where you wanted me to be. So even in that, even in that, verse 14 says this, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. In other words, in times like that, when we're confused, when we're frustrated, when we don't get it, God still has a plan. Take a deep breath. Let it out. God still has a plan, and it's a good plan. It's a good plan. He always leads us in triumphal procession. God has a plan to make good out of this situation. Aren't you glad for a gift like that? No matter where we are, no matter what we're facing, God still has a good plan. Working all things, Romans 8.28, right? Working all things together for good. We might not see it in the moment. might look like everything's falling apart. 
but we can trust he has a good plan. What does he have for us in 2023? He's got a good plan for you and for me. So, he leads us in triumphal procession so that, the verse goes on, the fragrance of the knowledge of him spreads everywhere. When God shows up in our lives, right? normal people going through normal stuff with normal emotions just like everybody else, but when they see God working in our lives and through our lives and what he's about, the fragrance of his love and his care and his faithfulness spreads wherever you and I go. Talk about being redeemed for a purpose, right? Letting our light shine. Sometimes that light shines brighter when we are in trials and difficulties and struggles. You know, if everything went great for us all the time, the rest of the world couldn't relate to us, could they? Well, of course. I mean, wasn't that like Job? You know, say, well, of course, you blessed him on every side. Take away his blessings, he'll curse you to your face. Wasn't that the whole thing in the beginning of Job? And God said, no, we got something deeper going on. I'm going to prove it to you. And in all the stuff that Job faced, he didn't curse God. He didn't blame God. And God had a plan and worked it all together in the end, didn't he? So even in our confusion, when we don't get it, God has a plan. And when he's doing something in your life, chances are he has someone else that he wants to speak to through that situation. So, so many gifts that we have in Christ. Do you see it this morning? And I was just going to list uh, uh, some more, but I kind of I think this is fun. So I'm, we're going to open up some more. Is that okay? We'll extend Christmas a little longer, open up some more gifts next week. Okay. For what Jesus has done for us. Jesus, our gift from God, our Savior, our friend, our Redeemer, and so, so much more. Because when we have Jesus, we get it all. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for your love for us. We thank you Again, if, if all you did was save us to take us to heaven, that would be worth it. But you have given us so much more in this life. Your grace, your favor, your blessing, your truth, your peace, your joy, redemption, life, <laughs> uh, promises, that you will be with us, work all things together. Promises of your presence. And of course, that goal of being with you forever in the future. So much. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And while we're bowed before him, I have to ask, because you just never know what's going on in someone's heart and in his mind. Have you opened that first Christmas gift, the gift that comes with so many other gifts attached? 
Have you opened the gift of Jesus Christ? Have you opened your heart to him? Have you said, yes, Lord, I'm, I, I, I come to you as a sinner in need of a Savior? Jesus said, open that door of your heart. I will come in. Have you opened that door to him? If not, let me urge you this morning. I hope you've seen that there's so much more to it than just a religion to follow. No, there's a person, a person to share his love and his blessings with us. And if that's your desire, just say, Jesus, I open that door. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I give you my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Come into my heart and life. Teach me what all this is about, Lord, so I can know you and walk with you all the days of my life until I'm with you forever in heaven. Thank you, Lord. And that's his promise. You open that door, he will come in. Thank you for that, Lord. God, I pray for all of us that we would continue to walk, to know, to understand, to walk in all the gifts that you've given us. We just give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's family said, amen.